On last week's episode, we explored the ups and downs of parenting on the other side of the law with Chris, a former career criminal. On today's episode, I'll be talking to Chris's daughter, Robin, to get her perspective on what it was like growing up with a single father in a less than conventional environment. From Storic Media, you're listening to Codename Siren, a true crime podcast with Nina Hobson. What was it like with your dad growing up? He's a good guy. He's got, you know, a lot of strong morals. So he would never hurt me. And he always taught me that I am, you know, we all are so much closer to being homeless than we are billionaires. You don't take from the people around you, you know, and if you're going to do crime and if you're going to steal, make sure you steal from people that are bad or aren't really affected you know you would never rob someone around you or if someone you know like he always used the example of an old lady dropping her purse if an old lady was to drop her purse I should be the first person to pick it up and give it back to her he was a great guy but I was you know I grew up associating with people that weren't so great Um, My dad was in bike gangs and he had some criminal gangs. I remember one of the first holidays um, that I sort of went to, we went to New York. He took me to a mafia bar and I was introduced to people from the mafia. That was kind of normal to me. I tended to feel a lot safer around big criminals than I did around people that you would go to church with on Sundays because I always knew they... They didn't judge. And generally, from my experience, their morals aligned with mine. You know, you have to protect the people around you. But when it comes to the government and big companies, fuck them, really. But, um, you know, I grew up seeing how stressed my dad was. Sleepless nights, always looking in, you know, in the car mirror to see if anyone's following him or you know, every time we'd go to a restaurant, he would always face the door so he could see who was coming in. And that's just something I grew up knowing. I grew up knowing that when we walk into a restaurant, I face the inside and he'll face the outside. And that is something that I didn't want to bring into my adulthood. But then I also saw the effects in, you know, growing up. I, there was always an abundance of money. Do you know what I mean? We never struggled for money. There was always food parties, holidays, lots of alcohol and other things. And it was a party. Um, But at the end of the day, there's so much of a cost that comes with that. The paranoia, uh, not knowing who you can trust, my dad's friends turning on him. As I said, it was just me and my dad. And he gave me the world. But it was always a laugh and it was always very interesting. But I grow up now and I I see my friends and I talk to my friends and it's it doesn't take a lot to realise that that kind of upbringing isn't normal. But it was very fun. But my dad, I think he knows the people around him and his lifestyle is associating with bad people. So it meant he was such a strict parent. I was not allowed to do anything. Wasn't allowed to go down um, 
like in the town ick, where we lived was quite dodgy. Wasn't, you know, my curfew until I was 16 was like 6.30. Wasn't allowed out. And I knew if I fucked up, like, or I snuck out, like my dad knew everyone. I couldn't get away with anything. My dad knew everyone, always knew where I was, you know, and it's the people, it's the places that I wanted to go as a teenager. If I wanted to sneak down the pub, there's no way that's going to happen because my dad's mates are running it. My dad's mates are, you know, lurking the streets at night. I mean, it's it was hard and he was so strict because I think he was so scared because of what he had seen. Yeah. But no, he was he was such a great father. But I do look back and I think, oh, my God, how could you let a child see that? Or how could you let a child be in that environment? But I just think, I mean, he maybe he didn't know at the time or maybe he did know and he thought now it would be fine. But I think I turned out all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you turned out just fine. And your dad is a great dad. And one thing since I've known him, the one thing that obviously he's always talked about is is you and how close you are and the, the things that he's done. But I, I'm going to take you back a little bit to, as you talk about, you know, dad was, it's okay. Now, obviously, you know, my background as a police officer and my kids were also not allowed to do anything, but for different reasons. And maybe I also saw things on the street because of my role as a cop. But um, it's things like, you know, it's interesting. You said, dad told me you weren't to steal off off the good people, but it, it was okay to steal off the not so good people or the the big organizations. Now, and growing up in that world, has has that kind of tainted your view on authority when you were growing up and, and even now as an adult? Yes, because I don't, and no offense, um, but I don't associate authority or higher power with being good because I don't associate police officers at all with being good people. I really don't think that's the case because some of the loveliest people I know have done terribly criminal things. And I can very much imagine, I mean, you can even see it on the media now, you know, how police officers aren't always that great, same with authority figures. And I think my dad has basically made it clear that since day one that the government did not have our interest and they steal from us as people and in a way it's okay to steal from them as long as you're not stupid he made it very clear to me that you know if you can get away with doing something then uh you can go ahead and do it but if you don't think you can get away with it don't be stupid Right. So he, he had some moral boundaries for you as, as a kid, yet at the same time he took you into a mafia bar in New York. When, how old were you then? I was about 15 years old, which is um, a strange age because I'm not a child. I think that's a bit more dangerous that I am a young lady in this situation because if I was a child, it's so like I have never heard or really seen anyone that my dad associates like no no they wouldn't harm a child but when you're a young lady and you're around drunk people and these big men it was very daunting for me but that was just yeah not only holidays that was really my daily life you know a weekend pop down to the pub it's always with people that have commit a lot of crime and did you when you were doing that were you aware, or what age did you become aware of 
of these people are bad people, but they're my dad's associates or my dad's friends. How old were you? What was was there a trigger point where you suddenly went, okay, this is different? I couldn't really put a trigger. Probably the small things, like when, like he, as I said, he was very strict, so I wasn't left home alone until I was old enough, even around thirteen. He would say he'll be like, right, there's food in the fridge and the freezer, you know, there's some cash in the gun cabinet if you need it. Or when I was little, I repeated some of the things I'd overheard my dad saying in school. And there was a huge scene at the school because I'd repeated some of the things. So then my dad, you know, at a very at five, six years old, had to sit me down and be like, listen, what I say has to say between me and you. Like he was so honest about it and he I've known from the beginning like he's committed crimes and that's because he's told me I think I have been here you know we're we've all each other's got and he was very open and honest I don't think it, it was literally just since I can remember my dad's been a criminal I'm going to obviously ask you what was the story at the school what went went down there I must have been five, was talking about stranger danger. They said, what would you do if a man came up to you and started talking to you? And I said, I'd tell my dad because my dad has a gun. And I think, yeah, my dad got called into the school. But, like, for me, that's just another, ah, you know, dad's got a gun, dad's got knuckle dusters, dad's dad. And I love dad. So that was never a a huge deal, but I've had, there's so many little bits that I've repeated um, to do with, like, I'm not, generally not too sure, like, how much I can say. I know this is anonymous. Yeah, your dad's told us that, so you can talk all about that. (laughs) (laughs) It still feels so strange and so alien for me to be talking about this, but I remember being very little in the car and I looked at my dad and I was like dad did you rob two banks and he looked at me and he was like two and I think it's because I said to him specifically two banks but I remember I always hear I always overheard him on the phone chatting with his friends like I could have told you his whole life story because I think when you're just a little girl that sits in the corner reading a magazine like they don't expect you to listen but I was very nosy. I wanted to know. And so I picked up on some things. Um, but I think I knew from a, I knew from an early age, I can't tell anyone or my dad's going to get in trouble. It's a big responsibility. That That's a big burden. It, yeah. It's a big responsibility for a little person who's, you know, it, it, if I tried to get my son at that age to keep a secret, the whole of the world would know it would be on <laughs> in everything. But do you think you kept it because you understood the consequences if you didn't? Yeah, there was a lot of things that I had to keep secret, um, even from my dad, because I understood the consequences, um, that he would go he would go to prison. His life would be absolutely ruined. And I think there is comfort in the fact that, you know, if a little girl starts telling stories, she could be lying. But then if they look into some stuff, then there's a rabbit hole. And I know my dad's got his fingers in many pies there's not just one area he focuses on if you've if they find out one thing they could it's like dominoes I know there's every little bit in my father's life is some sort of crime but even um growing up 
like sometimes like if a boy did something horrible to me which happened once um I couldn't tell my father because my dad would kill him my dad's always said I'd go to prison for you and I know that to be true Mm. so there was it was my whole childhood and upbringing was secrecy you know you have huge respect for your dad is that now is that is the respect for him as your father or is there an element of respect for what he has done and the fact that he has beaten the system a couple of times and we discuss various things he's done where's what's the line of the respect as a, as his daughter um i think it does come from him being my parent because i obviously am not a mother but when i am i know that i would do everything for my child and that is exactly what my dad did for me. When I was born, um, I remember my dad telling me that we had no money, that the car that they drove me home in, the roof was, um, the sunroof was made out of duct tape. And my dad, being a father, he was like, well, I have a daughter now. I have a child now. I cannot, I can't be poor. I have to have money for her. And I think at the end of the day, like, the government and the system and society is not something that I intend to conform to. That doesn't mean that I will commit crimes. That just means I want to live off grid a much more peaceful way than what my father did. But the fact that he saw the problem and saw a solution and no matter, nothing could stand in his way. So I think I have respect for him as a father and as a person and just him having these morals like there's nothing that my father's done that's made me question his morals like he's done some pretty questionable things that's made me question his sanity absolutely but his morals um around women animals and children are very strong um but at the same time he can beat the system and he made a lot of money doing it and he's safe he never went to prison he's got a lot of money yeah, utmost respect to him. What if he had gone to prison? Because there was, there's always, I know, you know, you're the, the apple of his eye when you came along, but did you have any plans between yourselves if he did go to prison? What was going to happen? How were you going to deal with it? Yes. Um, there's been a few times where silly little things, like one time he dropped me off at school and was like, oh, by the way, um, here's a tenor. If... I don't pick you up. It's because I've been arrested. Like I'm just doing this debt collecting job um, and it might go wrong. So just get a cab home. But by that time I was 14, I thought, yeah, yeah, whatever. I know he's not going to get arrested. He does this stuff all the time. But if my dad was to go to prison or die, there was a man um, that I was to go and see and he would tell me what to do. How do I run this crime empire if I wanted to do it? So there was, um, it was always a question. It was always a possibility that my dad could go to prison or he could get killed. So there was um, things in place in case that happened. I do think it's crazy. Like, you know, you did have a small daughter. Like, should you have stopped at a certain time to avoid going to prison? Yeah, I can't even imagine the things he's done. I remember one time because he would go to the bike club and I would just stay at home and it was a beautiful house and I had a dog, but one time he came home covered in blood. All his knuckles were smashed and I kind of, I was like, oh, do I ask? I was probably around, 
when my dad was in the bike, 11, 10, I grew up thinking, yeah, my dad's probably killed someone. And I still, to this day, could imagine that my dad's killed someone. That's not really something that I wouldn't put past him, you know, if the man was a bad person or if my dad had been told to do it maybe by his authority figures. I'm not really too sure how it works, but I have a lot of, um, I wouldn't say questions because I don't want them to be answered. There's a lot of things I'd rather just not know, but I have so many things that I'm not too curious about. Yes. Yes. So there was, there was this air of honesty that, because you said that at the start that, you know, he was always honest, but then in regards to probably protecting you, the the stories were made in because he didn't want you as a little girl worrying, oh God, dad was in a fight, who's going to come get us? Yeah. Or, yeah, I think the only time he was untruthful was when it would have protected me. So when you asked him about the, did you rob two banks? And he, and he said two. Did you have any further conversation about that or would that be the kind of the end conversation? I think... I just wasn't that interested. You know, as a child, you just ask so many questions. Did you rob two banks? He probably said two. And then I probably said, you know, can we go here for lunch? It was just something that I would bring up. And I don't think we ever really had a conversation about it. And I think because he thought, you know, when you get older and maybe you want to do that for yourself, because my dad wasn't going to stop me, then we'll talk about it. We'll talk about how I did it. We can talk about how you can do it and get away with it. What do you say when you go to meet a boyfriend's family about your dad? It's difficult. It really is because my boyfriend at the moment, mum, dad, the love each other. He's got brothers and just this very lovely family. So I just stick. So my dad's legal job, can I say that? What he legally does, yes. So my dad owns tattoo studios. But that in itself isn't something that's textbook. That his legal career is something that people look down upon. My boyfriend's lovely posh family, even hearing that my dad owns tattoo studio probably makes them a bit nervous. So to then divulge into the fact that my dad's a career criminal is not something that I would really talk about. I think, yeah, even the tattoo studios is like a bit on the iffy side. Um, But with my dad, you look at him, you take one look at him, criminal, instantly. He's massive. Tattoos, neck to toe. Do you know what I mean? Just the way he is about him. Absolute criminal. I mean, and your dad's smart. And actually, if you look at my son, you'd probably think exactly the same. Mm. He's like your dad and covered in tattoos but did did you ever have a go to work with dad day when you were growing up I would go to the tattoo studios a lot because my dad's had those since I was around five six but I've never really been exposed to I've never seen my father beat someone up um I've seen it well okay that's a lie but not um (laughs) (laughs) not as like a work thing maybe just as a a spur of the moment did you at any point as you got older try and 
have a conversation with him and say, look, this has to stop. This is, this is not okay. Or has it ever got to that point where you actually think that or you, or you now think, well, this is his world. This is what he does. The thing is, he's fucking good at what he does and I couldn't take that away from him. I couldn't put him in the normal world. I know that for me, he would do anything. So I don't want to make him stop. He's really good at it. He enjoys it. It makes him a lot of money. And I don't particularly like the government or society. So crack on. But I never thought it was bad because he wasn't a bad person. He was still, he's very silly and goofy really is he's oh he's always cracking a joke even at the worst of times and I think you know the crime or the lifestyle didn't break his spirit so I didn't want to like you couldn't take someone like that and put them in the real world it's like taking an alien and saying yeah go get a job well he'd be fucked he wouldn't know what to do yeah and you mentioned guns a a couple of times you you grew up around guns. They were there. Dad had them. His friends had them. Um, at what point did you realise that they that's illegal? And we're talking about where you grew up. Yeah, well, it was the same as the drugs. And, you know, most of the things we had in the house weren't legal. Um, that legality really wasn't something that I even considered. I don't think the law is a moral guideline. I think as humans, we we should follow like moralistic laws and not the laws that are designed by the government to keep us in check. So it was scary that um, maybe my dad could go to prison, but he's the cleverest, smartest person I know. He definitely could, I think, outsmart the local police. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure if the FBI got involved, he would be screwed, but the local police. Plus, I think in his world, and I don't know this for sure, but I can only make assumptions that the police officers, I've had stories um, about my dad doing drugs or getting drugs from the police officers. And he's so smart that what, you try and take me down, I'll just take you down with me. At the end of the day, I always knew my dad has signed up for this. He's reaped all the benefits Maybe if he gets caught, like, that's exactly what he knows can happen. But I'm a 10-year-old girl. Well, they're not going to arrest me. So I kind of felt safe. Um, But I think it's the fact that my dad was all I had. So if he was to go, but he, he chose that life, he signed up for that. And I don't, I think if he did get caught, his words would probably be, it's about time. But you said, um, you know, he chose this lifestyle. It was his choice. You didn't. So looking back, and obviously you've grown up with it, you've been in that lifestyle, you're now an adult and making your own decisions for a long time. But Mm. if you had a choice, would it be a lifestyle that you would have chosen? No, I loved my life. It was a party. I think for me, the only thing I would have changed was that I didn't have a family. I just had my dad. And I find that that's something in my life affects me now. Like, um, like right now I'm at my best friend's house, um, just visiting and he's got the most wonderful parents. Um, and they come and they cook for us. They make us breakfast. They do my laundry. And I, I sit and I talk to his mother and I just think I didn't, I know I was loved as a child, but I was, wasn't shown love. 
how you would normally care for a child. I think um, the crime element is something that I'm absolutely fine with. It was hilarious. It's a party. And I've seen first and foremost that you can get away with doing bad things and you can reap the benefits. You know, the government tell you, oh, you must go to work. You must conform. And my dad showed me, nah, that's not the only way. We don't work for them. You work for yourself and your community. I think it made my dad angry and paranoid. And that's something that I could have lived without. It was horrible just him being so angry all the time, sleepless nights. I think he didn't sleep, which made him a bit crazy, which he, I wouldn't say he took it out on me, but, you know, I could knock a glass over and it smash and my dad just fucking lose control. It I walked on eggshells for years, probably until I moved out. You know, the paranoia and the anger, which was, you know, I got the brunt of it most of the time. But the crime and the lifestyle and the holidays and the money and the parties, I would not change that. I've met the most interesting people. I've met police officers that have sold drugs. I've met people from the mafia that you see in the movies. So with that said, and this lifestyle that you were living and the money that was being made, so crime does pay, um, is it tempting? for you to do the same nah not it's not who I am I yeah I don't crave money um plus I grew up with it you know you don't really it's quite rare to see your parents job and think I want to do that you see your parents and you think no I want to be different from them so that's why you know my father's owned tattoo studio I will never get a tattoo that's my form of rebellion. I'll never get a tattoo. My dad fucking hell was so paranoid. Imagine the sleepless nights. Like I couldn't even shoplift because I'm paranoid. And that's not something that I choose for myself. I think with my life, I want to be stress-free. And I am scared of going to prison. I'm scared of the police. Like I'll admit it, I am so scared of going to prison. I would not do well. I say way too many stupid things and I like good food and good alcohol. It's just not something I could do. That lifestyle is not something I want. I want, you know, a little farm to be happy with my boyfriend. I just want to get out of society, just quite, you know, have tea on Sundays. Just a very cute little lifestyle because I've seen what that stress does to you and how angry and horrible and nasty that can make you. And I just, I don't want that. Plus, I think for me, never having a family, I understand that, you know, in a family situation, I'll never be the child that I wanted to be. You know, I want to be looked after and, you know, I want a mum and a dad and that love me and that love each other and this whole niceness and kindness. But that's something that I will have to go and find for myself. And it's crazy because these are the things, you know, most people want to escape from. You know, they want to do their own cool things. but that was my life. My life was yachts and boats and guns and drugs and parties and mafia. I've done it now. I want to retire. I want to have a cute little life, something so plain and simple where I don't have to worry about the police. Like if the police knocked at my door, I can be like, oh, hello, like what are you doing here? Do you know what I mean? I just want nothing to do with the police, nothing to do with crime.
There's no doubt Robin has adapted her father's non-conformist philosophies, but despite the environment she grew up in, she's managed to grow into adulthood with a strong sense of individuality minus the criminal element. To this day, Robin and her father are very close. They've had many ups and downs over the years, but this hasn't affected the very unique bond they have. Until next time, I'm Nina Hobson, and this has been Codename Siren. Siren.